Hey, welcome back to the record room. I'm Josh. And I'm Owen. Hello. 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 <laughs> we are super thrilled to have you all back as we talk about music and all that implies. Uh, we hope everybody's doing well. Uh, it's been a little cold down here in Texas, but we're all surviving just well. Ain't that right, Owen? Absolutely, man. Yeah, we're going out now. And uh, I just wanted to say, too, while I had the chance, the uh, intro music is Tammy Nielsen, and that's her new track, Tell Me That You Love Me. That's a fantastic track. I love it. It's real, got a nice little boogie to it. It feels jaunty. good, man. Very jaunty. It's jaunty, jaunty indeed, indeed. Well, um, it's time for the latest listen. Owen, what you got for us today? Man, okay, let me. Uh, of course, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to edit this part out because my phone locked again. Well, do you want do you want to do mine or is it just? No, it's all oh, good. Okay. I just I'm I'm ready. I just I'll have to go. Well, do you want me to go ahead because uh, you went first last time? Do you want me yeah, to do that's it? That's fine. Yeah, yeah, okay, that's totally cool. I just had to, right. uh, had to do that. Go ahead. Okay, three, three two, two, one. one. Okay, so it looks like I'm going to give you the latest listen first this time. Um, okay, so here's the deal about today's artist for, for me. Um, during this crazy time of pandemic, quarantine, all this stuff, uh, I've been looking for some sort of music salvation of some sort from like my heroes you know you want the big guys to drop stuff now because this is the kind of stuff we're living for you know what i mean this is the stuff like we need that stuff to get through and i i i know this is a horrible thing to say because everybody's got problems even if you got money you got problems but but the thing is we we need it now and it's hard to find so i feel like you have to go digging to find stuff well I found this band uh, when I saw that a uh, certain guitarist, and I won't say his name here. Maybe Owen can say his name. I don't know. Um, do you remember his name? Do you remember the guitarist's name? I do not. That's good. We're moving on. Um, <laughs> no, uh, it was the top four female blues artists. And there was four of them. And the first three I didn't like. And then I got to this last one. And I thought, okay, this one's got to be better. And it was. For a minute, imagine that the Black Keys didn't play Chicago blues. They played Delta blues. Okay, that's step one. Step two, imagine that they're not guys. They're females. Okay? And they're amazing musicians. I would like to introduce you all, if you haven't heard them, to the great Larkin Poe. And this is called Keep Digging. For those of you in Georgia that checked us out last week or in our last podcast, they're from there, so you know who this is. But they're Georgia born. This is Larkin Poe, Keep Digging, off of their self made man album that came out in 2020.
So there you go, Larkin Poe. And here's another thing about them. They have made this year, the last year, like really productive. They put out that album and then they put out a whole album of covers that's just acoustic covers. So it's like just the guitar player and the slide guitarist and that's it. And I should I forgot to mention that the duo, they are sisters. So it's it's just really great, man. And they their uh, their harmonies are fantastic. They're just a great band. And Owen's probably tired of me raving about them, but they're just a great band that deserve all of the accolades and awards that they can get. So please check out Larkin Poe. Owen, what are you listening to? Or did you like Larkin Poe? Yeah, I, I mean, that. I really like that. I was I was talking to Josh earlier today, and I feel like because I used to work at a record store myself, I always find myself in the conversation of trying to describe someone's sound to someone else. And I I think I stumbled upon something when I was telling you. I feel like if it's the spirit of Chrissy Hind that somehow Shania Twain voiced and they fronted like a Black Keys sort of sound, they might sound like Larkin Poe. I really, really dig them. That's kind of cool. But they have a polish, and of course they don't have the effects of the Black Keys, but they have a polish to them that probably is not so traditional blues, which I think is really good. So for sure. Yeah, so we're going to go ahead and transition to my latest listen. This is a, a lady that I've been listening to for several years. And you're going to think of another famous person with this last name when I tell you her name. It's country, but she's not related. This is uh, Lydia Loveless. And uh, so she has she's had a documentary written about her. Uh, she's a really interesting lady. She, uh, wh what I love about her is that she defies genre sort of sorting, if you will. Uh, it's really hard to kind of put her in a genre because she, she'll fight against it. I think I told Josh earlier that she stomps a mud hole in the line between country and rock. So this is her first single in quite a while. She took a little hiatus for a little, little bit. But uh, this one is called September. Well, happy birthday, make a wish. I know this isn't really how you want to celebrate it with draws, shits, and gunfights on the lawn. Now your friends are idiots. Man, the air really went out of his balloon, didn't it? I wish he would just leave us So that was Lydia Lovelace's new track, September, and it's off of an EP, actually, of the same name. And I'm really caught by 
the 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 uh, somnolescence, I guess, of the uh, of the of the tracks. And I guess what it reminds me of, she's gone before her hiatus. She had a she went through a divorce. And the the I, I I think that the divorce was causing the hiatus, and I think this is probably some reflection from that era. There's a uh, I don't know a, a openness that maybe isn't uh, present in some of her other tracks, but man, she is so good. Josh, what do you think? I I really I like her stuff. I think I like the stuff that I, uh, you sent me earlier today better than, than that track. Um, for those of you listening, the, I got to say, she's got, uh, when she's got a guitar in her hands, it's just great. Now, I'm not saying like it's a virtuoso, but as a guitar guy myself, um, the tone that she gets with her Telecaster, it's just so it's so American rootsy rock feeling good. Like, I just love that. Uh, and I like her voice. Her voice really has this hint of Lucinda Williams that I can pick up on. And, and I really enjoy that. Uh, I'm really looking into uh, looking forward to digging into more of her stuff. I, I was listening to some of it today and a little bit of it yesterday before I went to bed. And it's just it's really good stuff really good stuff that was a really fun uh latest listener owen good pick thank you sir thank you sir all right so we're moving on to our feature presentation for you today coincidentally it is a feature presentation of sorts in that uh we watched the new york times documentary on britney spears it's called man it's called framing britney uh you can find it on hulu uh, I believe it's a FX, right? That was yes, the network yeah, that did FX. it. Yes. So FX. And um, we're going to talk about that today. And oh, man, and I've got for those of you in the UK, because we did notice we had some UK listeners. It just got picked up by Sky in England. Oh. So you can watch it for free on Sky. Sorry, there you Josh, go for that interrupt. Mm, that's fine. I really needed a drink of water. Good job. Uh, so hey, Man, where to start? I think I'm going to start with, I forgot what a meteoric rise she had. Because here's the thing. When I watched the documentary, I I don't want to say that I've forgotten about Britney Spears because I don't think that you could. But I think I forgot about just how quickly she shot up with that one song. Because I remember when that song came out and hearing it like one week, you know, and then the next week it's everywhere and everybody's listening to it. And suddenly like a month or two months later, tr the band from Britain, Travis, is covering covering it, you know, like it, it just was everywhere so quickly. And I will say this, the documentary does a really good job of pointing out this just happened. She just had her song and boom there it was yeah i mean that's one thing that that i thought about too um i'm a relatively new tiktoker and i'm going to come back around to this i promise there will be a point to this but i ran i ran across a tiktok the other day that was talking about how to get tiktok famous and the guy was if you have one thing that takes off there's not really a reason why it just sort of it's a random happenstance and that 
what that's what I thought of when I was watching that documentary. It's like all of a sudden, bam, out of the blue, she's a huge star from a small town. It's kind of crazy, crazy. And I was thinking too, like the thing on Star Search with Ed McMahon. Oh my God, that was so cringy. That was the first thing I thought of. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Pretty yeah. Eyes. You want? Can I be your boyfriend? <laughs> I kind of was like, not okay, Ed McMahon. But but what a fantastic what a fantastic example to point out just where this whole career is headed. Like, yeah, I wonder if like she knew then at that moment. Well, I doubt she would know them, but I wonder if she could have gone back and just been like, maybe do something else. <laughs> because, sure. because it's just, uh, and we're not, I'm not an anti-feminist or anything, but I, I just feel like the, it is a documentary where you watch men tear her apart. That, that is what it is. And it's, it's brutal um like she's getting all these hits and everything and then they talk about her relationship with justin timberlake and man that guy is suffering from all of this the cancel court culture is out it's out like they're out to get him now and um i will say this i think he's got some good tunes uh jt does but it, they make strong points in this like you know, he never he he never really had to apologize for the halftime show with Janet Jackson. You know, he didn't apologize for the way he treated Britney after the breakup and all of this stuff. He looks like a bad guy. And I realize that media can paint you to look a certain way, but the way they present it, there's no way to see it any other way. He looks like a bad guy in this. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you. And one of the things that I was reminded of, I don't know, you said you have HBO Max, right? Yeah. I don't know if you've watched On the Record yet. No. But that's another documentary that kind of has the same sort of tone about um, misogyny, I guess, is the best way and kind of the kindest way to put that without digging too far into it. Um, but this, the, the, on, and on the record, her, she was a producer in, for, in, in the hip hop world and her career was ruined because she wouldn't do certain things. So it just, it brings up a lot of, of really scary, scary misogynistic sort of things that happen in yeah. this industry. It's, it's, it's really bad, but you hear stories about this all the time. If, if like the old like back in the old music industry i don't know if it's still going on i'm uh i would hope not i would hope that everybody's a little more aware and nicer to each other but it's hard to you know it's hard to tell the, so also the other thing too is once she goes through these things with justin you start to see i, I can't think of a you start to see her go crazy as the press would have you believe. And I, and I would say that, yeah, she's going crazy because she's been driven crazy by the press, by the paparazzi, by being pulled in every direction. You, you see that, like, especially when you get to the scene where she shaves off her hair and everything, it, 
It, oh, and the crazy face. Oh, man. Oh, man. You just, and you, shot. and you sit there and you watch it and you're just like, oh, sweetie, someone should have been there with you. Yeah, and, exactly. And, and all of this, like, exactly. this could have been prevented. Yep. And so do you remember the other day how I was talking about, like, man, there's some correlation there between, like, you could talk about her and then you could talk about maybe the opposite, which would be Taylor Swift, but... I got to thinking about this more uh, yesterday and today. And I thought, you know who all of that, this situation really reminds me of it's not Taylor. It's Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber has had so many horrible incidents happened where he's just been a complete and total wreck. And, and I'm just like, Oh my gosh, I, and I can't help but wonder if this just, there are certain people who go into fame and know how to deal with it and know what they're or they learn quickly whereas these two didn't learn fast enough they had to you know what else it reminds me of is michael jackson michael jackson i would say has maybe just as much of a meteoric rise at youth but also a precipitous drop off and uh burgeoning sort of uh I don't know, mental health. That he, you know, he got a lot of crap for hanging his kid over the balcony and things like that. And I always describe this as what happens when you live your life crushed by the microscope that, that fame gives you, right? I mean, I can't imagine the intense pressure of always being on. You know, we have to be on as educators during the day with our kids but at least we get to switch off the the light when we go home. Right. Right. These people don't ever, ever get to switch it off. Right. They go for a sandwich at Jersey Mike's and there's, there's a throng of people asking, did she, you know, get in Mike's way. Right. Right. <laughs> did she? So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That'd be good I mean, question. maybe I want to, maybe I want to eat a sandwich like Brittany. I don't know. But, but, it's it's crazy it really is crazy just how like you said they're they're all crushed by the microscope and it has to be just exhausting um again that scene where like right after she shaves her hair and she looks forgive me comic book reference but she looks like the penguin going after the batmobile there like it it it, it it's just real bad and there are other scenes like that throughout the pop landscape. But then you look at somebody like Taylor Swift, for example, just the first person I can think of who I believe learned quickly early on. I'm not saying she's a savvy business person because, but that's a whole nother thing, maybe even for a whole nother uh, episode for us where we could talk about, what's gone on with her music and how she's had to re-record it and all of that stuff. But um, I feel like she's learned quickly. Like she knows where her boundaries are and she was very upfront about it. And she said, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. And she's just been very forthright. And because of it, I'm not saying she is, but she does appear to be more put together than some of her other pop music peers in that field oh i would totally agree with you there um and i i don't know that i got a view 
of Taylor Swift as a person until I watched that documentary that was on Netflix for a while. Yeah. I mean, you can see the potential for that because she did have some early meteoric rise because I feel like all of these folks that had attention thrust on them at an early age, for whatever reason, and I'm not a psychologist, it causes them to kind of fixate at a certain level. And you can see that in Brittany, but she is handling it better. And I don't know if she just has better staff or what. That's what I would assume. What are you talking about? Taylor or Brittany? Yeah, Taylor Swift. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, Taylor, and I think that's another thing. I think support system is key. But the thing about that is support system is key not just for famous people. Support system is key for everyone. And as educators, we know that. Like, we can see the kids that have no support system. We see the kids that have the support system, but it's us. You know, like we see that. And if you have a good support system, then you have that person who will sit you down and say, look, this is the situation. This is how you probably should respond. Or this is the situation and these are your options. How do you respond? Let's respond responsibly. So, um, and I think that's what's going on with Spears because in that documentary, you could see, not, excuse me, not Spears, Swift, in, in that documentary with Swift, oh my gosh, can't keep them straight. Sorry, everybody. That's horrible. Um, you can see that she's always always surrounded by people that obviously love her, care about her art, care about who she is as a person, and they're there for her. In fact, I think most of the times it's her parents. Her parents are always there with her manager, with her agent, and they're all trying to help her work through stuff. And you know, we all need a good support system. And I don't think Spears has that. And no matter who ends up being her conservator, like, I don't know if anybody's going to have her best interest at heart. Because my question is this, in the documentary with Spears, when the dad takes over, my question is, where did the mom go that whole time? Where was the mom? And then all of a sudden she pops up towards the end. And I'm like, where were you the whole time? That's your daughter. Where were you? Oh, absolutely. Totally. And the fact, I mean, it seems to me like the kids are kind of cast adrift with, with, with no boundaries, not maybe not no boundaries, but not uh, certainly strict boundaries and lots of boundaries for sure. So Man, that's uh, that is an interesting look. It, I think at what fame can do to a person, and and the just absolute damage it can do, but then also the effects that the it will have on like people around you, like the parents. That one girl who was helping her, who was like kind of her chaperone, and then got rehired as like this quasi assistant that ended up being a like tour guide backstage or something, which was odd. That whole thing was odd. And then of course the dad just being money hungry and it's just, it's, it really is worth watching. If you're a music fan at all, you should see it. You should see it just to see how these pop artists are treated sometimes. 
it's pretty bad. Now I realize she's probably a cautionary tale, but it's worth a view. I, I would totally agree with you too. And another another association I just had too is uh, Tiger Tiger Woods and Earl Woods probably also has another big thing too. Uh, the Jacksons with Joe. Uh, I mean, gosh, this is talk about a cautionary tale, but it's also a cycle that continues to repeat and repeat and repeat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if you get a chance to check it out, most definitely do. Um, it's called Framing Britney. If you're in the States, ladies and gentlemen, my, our American listeners, uh, you can catch it on Hulu. It's there now. Uh, so you should be able to listen to it. And then Owen uh, just said that Sky just picked it up. So if you are across the pond, you can listen to it there. All right. So we're going to talk about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ballot that dropped a couple weeks ago. Um, some people don't think the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is a big deal. Some people do. I think it's just great fun. And if you're a music buff like uh, Owen and I, we're, we immediately sit down and go, all right, that person, that person, that person, and that person, they're in. And just, it, it's fun to pretend that you kind of have a, have a say in this and, and who's going to get honored and who's not. Um, uh, let's go through our, our picks, the ones that we thought should get in. I know that you and I both agreed on the Foo Fighters. Absolutely. Foo Fighters need to be in for sure. They're, they're, a first, they're a first ballot for me. I think they absolutely need to be in. And it, we talked about them last week. People know how good they are. People know the weight of their music. And Dave Grohl's earned this. Dave and his band. It, it is, they deserve to be in. Um, but who else did we talk? Like, tell me who, who's next on your list. Oh, my goodness. So... Tina Turner, I think we agreed on. Tina uh, Turner. <laughs> okay, so my whole thing with her, my whole thing with Tina Turner is she absolutely needs to be in there by herself. And I, somebody, I've talked to many people, Owen included, uh, where we were sitting there and they're like, she's already in. I go, but she's in there with Ike Turner. Ike Turner beat her. I feel like that's wrong and somehow perverse i don't care that she did proud proud mary with him I, I what i care about is that she's in there by herself because by herself she's fantastic she didn't need ike and i think we all knew that so i feel like that's a wrong being righted by this ballot getting her in there and come on what's love got to do with it simply the best uh we don't need another hero. I don't care if it's in a bad movie. Um, she's got a great bunch of songs, and I think she totally deserves it. Wait, you think Mad Max and the Thunderdome is a bad movie? Move on, move on quickly. Oh man, no, I, I, I gotta have to. Dis- <laughs> we'll, have to we'll have to. We'll have to put a pin in that and come back to it. How about hey, that? hey, 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 who runs Barter Town? Who runs by Barter Town? master blaster <laughs> remember that you know what i get the feeling that 
maybe we would have better luck with the grids if Master Blaster was running things down here right now. I would probably agree with you there. Oh, we, we... <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I do also tell you. Speaking of, of of perverse things, every time I go to DFW, I do hear "What's love got to do with it?" in my head. <laughs> That is where the Tina Turner beating Ike up in the limousine and her leaving happened oh. at DFW. Oh, that's right. And she walks across the street and the, oh, the runway. Gosh. I think she walked across the runway. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, she, so a little, she, uh, little rock history moment there. She needs to be in there by herself for sure. Absolutely. For sure. Absolutely. But I really like, let's see, um, I also like um, Carol King, I think, needs to be in there from a songwriting perspective. I am not sold on LL Cool J. I think there are way better rappers that could be in there, namely Jay-Z. I think Jay-Z is phenomenal and groundbreaking and uh, really sort of revived East Coast hip-hop there when he came out. Um, and I mean, he's, he's, he's a fashion icon. He's a music icon. He's phenomenal, but I also think Iron Maiden needs to be in there too. Yeah. So I've got a lot of, I've got a lot of friends who are, who are metal fans and, and, uh, I was like, Oh, rage is up again. Rage needs to be in there. Rage, rage definitely needs to be and, in there. And they're like, and they're like, but Iron Maiden's not in yet. Like Iron Maiden needs to get in. I had one friend that said Iron Maiden should have been put in before the Foo Fighters and and all this stuff. And I'm like, look, I I get it, I get it, but they don't have, like, with me, they don't have the staying power that a Foo Fighters has. Like, but I also think. For, before those of you who are like, oh, okay, not listening to Josh anymore. I was about to say, I'm, I can feel the barbs hurling yeah, 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 yeah. from Metal Nation. Before I say that, I also think that you have to be a metal fan to really get it. And and I, I unfortunately, that's not a music genre that speaks to me. I do like elements of metal, but I've never been a Maiden fan. So um, save for the Bill and Ted joke that they have in there, the take them to the iron maiden like iron maiden excellent yeah like that, that's it for me that's where it begins and ends but i uh i if you're putting the two in front of me and you say put iron maiden in or rage against the machine i'm gonna pick rage every single time i would agree with you i i also i think rage is a first ballot or if, if the foo fighters are a first ballot then i think rage is is a uh, is a uh, first ballot as well well and, and think of what they did like okay I, i've had this argument with several people like the creation of combination of rap and rock uh done well and i always point to the beastie boys and sabotage first and I go, you really want to talk about that? You start with the Beastie Boys. They did it like they did it best. And then if you want to talk it, talk about it being taken seriously, enter Tom Morello, Zach De La Roca, and the other two guys. And here we go. Rage Against the Machine. I think rage is important for so many reasons. But specifically, if 
anywhere there is injustice that's being done and there are good people out there trying to make something right, who, who is the soundtrack? Who is it? It's Rage Against the Machine. And like some of the things they wrote in their music at the time when I was a kid and I was listening to it going, some of those who work forces are the same that work cross. Like it didn't, didn't mean anything to me. But now that I'm older, I'm like, Oh, okay. Like how, how prophetic is that? Yeah. I mean, it stands like, up. Yeah, it really does. That's one thing that blows me away is in the nineties, when I was in college, if you had asked me, and I remember having this conversation with friends you know, who do you think is going to be in the Hall of Fame from this generation? I, I don't know that I would have mentioned Rage Against the Machine then. I didn't know that they were going to have the staying power. But to me, when I listen to it, it, it hits just as hard now as as it did that. And, that. and I can't say that for a bunch of 90s bands that I used to listen to. Some of that stuff just does not age well. No. But Rage so, does. Oh, for sure. And it's so weird because... Zach, okay, I, this is a stretch, but go with me here. You've got this intensity from the band behind Zach, right? But his lyrics belong in almost that folk music genre because of the things that he's covering, because of the uh, social injustices he's talking about. Uh, it's just this powerful, earnest but man, do you want to punch a wall, rock and roll? And it is just fantastic that they are impactful. Um, my brother-in-law had the privilege of seeing them live and, and said that's the only concert he's ever been to that he thought he might die at. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's crazy, right? Because he's seen like Metallica and a bunch of other bands gone to see Clutch and all that stuff. But like, it's rage, man, because they are, they're touching not only on social injustices, but I don't know, they really have that testosterone thing. And they just, as a guy, when I hear it, I'm just like, yeah, rage, rage, you know? I so, totally agree with you. And, and I guess probably the only other band that's kind of their peer in that regard is Public Enemy. They do the same thing to me that Public Enemy does. And also another band that's a social social justice sort of platform too. No, I totally agree with you. I, I think I think they need to be in there. Is Public Enemy in there? I think they are. I think they yeah, are Chuck D. I think it, yeah, I think Chuck D. is in there for sure. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, the crossover between those two to come full circle is uh, the Prophets of Rage, which uh, Chuck D. does do the vocals for. Yeah. The the guys the backup band for. Uh, for <sighs> For rage against the machine well you know before the pandemic hit they were gonna go on tour yeah oh i had a buddy who had bought tickets and was going to fly to el, pa el paso for the show and i thought they're playing on the border you think they're trying to make a point about a wall of some sort because hmm. it's rage against the machine man hmm. <laughs> i go i'm not sure i would want to go down there because <laughs> I would have made the trip. I totally would <laughs> yeah. have made the trip. I would have driven though, probably. It, it, it probably would have been good. Road trip out of it. Okay, so I of course thought Dion Warwick should go in. I know you disagreed. 
but I, 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 put, I your list is great except i would have put in jay-z instead of dion warwick i see and that's where we disagree but see jay-z is a solid pick but let me tell you my only problem with jay-z going in please do i've been waiting for this it's that album he did where they remixed him in lincoln park not no. a fan not a fan and i'm so not a fan that i'm so not a fan that i like almost can't like jay-z because that album exists is it because of lincoln park uh probably now here's the thing um i like the black album okay i liked uh the album that came right after it encore right i liked blueprint um and hard knock life that album i know i don't i'm sorry if that's not the title of the album but that's how i'd remember it um but short of those like the lincoln park thing drops i'm like now the gray album makes me forget about the whole lincoln park mess yeah the gray Um, album is is genius if you can find the gray album it is genius yeah yeah exactly and what a way to make a name for yourself like Danger Mouse, if you want to talk about a producer who will go into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, he will go in. Just he, he on needs to, just on the merit of that. For just a, that broke him. Yeah. That, that broke yeah. him. And that was it. He just, let's put those two together. And it's really cool. It's a really cool sound. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I also picked the Go Go's. Ah, man i like the go-go's too um they're just i just felt like they needed to be in there vacation it, and oh it's yeah one of my very first crushes in rock and roll was jane wideland and she oh uh, all right there you go belinda i like it. everyone's going nuts on belinda jane wideland was 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 it for me so yeah just the pixie haircut and the guitar playing oh man <laughs> Yeah, I, I think the Go Go's deserve to be in there. I think they've uh, they've got kind of this punk. They came in the punk new wave era, and it really is that perfect little mix of everything, because their attitudes were kind of punkish, and their and their music was new wavy pop. So it was it was kind of cool. It's a cool mix. They need to be in there. Yeah, I would um, agree. I think they represent that that sort of american post-punk era like with the cars and mm-hmm. stuff like that yeah did the uh but you know we've talked a lot of, about the nominees but man uh whatever it is however you get nominated i i'm not sure but they're really ignoring some people oh i would totally agree with you there um one of the people they're ignoring that really bothers me is pat benatar Oh, um, absolutely. I I had the privilege of seeing Pat Benatar live several years ago with my wife um, because she was playing this festival that's down here. And if you're ever in Texas and you uh, and there's not a pandemic um, and you get a chance to go down to Richardson for the Wildflower Festival, it's just a cool family, fun uh, place to go. And there's always a bunch of great bands that play. Um, and it's uh, cheap. It is too, but what you get for it is insane, right? Like you get, you get down the street from that. It's wonderful. Yeah. Like, but they'll always have like a couple modern bands play it and they'll have a bunch of like old bands play it. Well, Pat Benatar was headlining 
this night and my wife and I are like okay, okay let's go so we went and I gotta be honest I kind of didn't think it was going to be very good at all just because I've seen enough bands that they should be out of the game they shouldn't be doing this like just call it a day well out comes Pat, Pat Benatar right after the smithereens I got to see the smithereens before before the lead singer passed away which I'm still like yes cool I got to see the smithereens but out she comes and just blows me away she still is a force to be reckoned with vocally and it's just amazing and i don't know how you let somebody like that not go into the rock and roll hall of fame i don't i 100 percent agree with you and i have a similar story um when i was in college uh i moved when i moved in from the dorm into my first college apartment i had my friend uh help me move and as recompense as payment uh, I bought us tickets to go see uh, Steve Miller and opening with Pat Benatar was opening. And wow. I was like, I, I was totally sleeping on Pat Benatar. Like I was like, yeah, I don't really even care, but her work ethic was just blew me away. And then Steve Miller was drunk and he was trying to rap and he's just not good live. So it really was a topsy turvy where the best act played first in that show yeah. for sure. Yeah, dude, there Pat needs to be in there. And then there's one other person that that I personally would like to see in there, but probably not for the reason that everybody would put him in there. Um, Brian Eno. I think he should be in there. Yes. I get that Roxy music is a big deal and he's already in there for that i think if you put him in you're putting him in as a producer i don't I think you see that i don't like i know he's done some solo work and i've heard it and it's really interesting it, it kind of cool but what he's done with some bands he has made some of the biggest rock bands of all time just by being in that room and saying you know Let's try this instead. Or this is a very interesting sound. Let's try this. And I just think that the amount of like some of the, the albums he has under his belt would put him in. Uh, Joshua Tree alone by itself. Joshua Tree, Octung Baby. Like you two are not you two without Brian Eno at all. Uh, but also um, there is a story where he wanted to destroy uh, all of the work they had done on where the streets have no name. Have you heard this? I have so, not. So they were sitting there and it took them forever to get that timing down of that opening guitar riff. And since everything's on tape and they couldn't do it, it was driving him nuts. And he went to go unspool all of the tape and make them re rewind it and erase everything. Right. And the engineer stood in front of him and said, no, no, we're not. No, <laughs> no so i don't know maybe that engineer should be in the rock and roll hall of fame i don't know but um but, but brian you know definitely needs to be in there i'm sure you have some snubs well yeah i mean i agree we both agreed on pat on pat benatar she needs to be in there my big one my big uh oversight uh is john coltrane i'm a huge jazz fan mm. and i mean 
this article we're, we're referencing here too. Years, number of years snubbed, forty-one years. Ugh. And he, I feel like he is the prototype of what a saxophonist is. I feel like he created the sound in jazz that we associate with the saxophone. Um, and I mean, I named my son after him. That's how much, that's how important he is in my life. Um, he's, he's one of the preeminent acts, but I, I feel like he's got music that is, uh, I guess, uh, maybe initially inaccessible. But what I love about it is the more you listen, the more it's almost like a like a flower that is opening. The more you hear, it just gets better and better. And to me, as an English teacher, that's always what I said about good literature. Good literature stands the test of time and you can read it multiple times. I feel the same way about John Coltrane's albums. The more you listen to them, the better they get. What you looks like you have something you want to say, Josh? Well, I I uh, I studied jazz in college. I had a jazz class, intro to jazz. Yeah, in UTA, and uh, they the guy made us listen to different people. The man, the beginning of jazz is tough for me because it it's not it's a lot of like gold leaf rag and stuff like that i you know just not a thing but once they got to miles davis and john coltrane and cannonball adderley those guys then it opened up for me but on the strength of john coltrane's album a love supreme dude he should be in it should be it shouldn't even be a question that's my second favorite by album by him. I love my favorite things. My favorite things is, I mean, I probably have listened to that album more than anything in my collection. It is so amazing, but I don't understand why he's not in there. And I do understand it's not quote unquote rock. And I have a problem with a lot of this too. So um, I don't know if you knew this, but 20 years ago, um, I went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and I taught a class there in the summer on how to integrate music in your curriculum. Dude, that's amazing. Yeah. And so uh, one of the things that week, it was a really cool week. And um, it was like going to Mecca for me. So um, what I, I too, really thought, I too have been there. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You see the, the bits and pieces of Otis Redding's airplane hanging on the wall. Oh yeah. That's it's, 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 it's a religious experience anyway. Though, yeah. I got to talk a lot with um, the, 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 the head, um, I don't know, uh, the head of the, uh, the, the organization at the time. And one of the things he said was that, and I think this is true, and I mentioned this to anyone who has a quibble with, well, that's not rock and roll. It shouldn't be at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And that's something that people say every year. Their definition, I mean, rock and roll has its weighted, right? And so what is rock and roll depends on who you talk to. Their definition, though, is basically any kind of pop music that brought races, the races together initially, right? So their mission is to honor all popular music, not just what we would call rock and roll. Because the whole idea between initially like rock and roll, like when you look at Elvis or Chuck Berry, those people were important because they united a divided culture or a bunch of divided cultures 
And uh, so that is the mission of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And when you look at it through that lens, yes, all these bands deserve to be in there. So, Oh, man, you and I should talk about our experience at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame at some point. I only, got to sp- I only got to spend one day there. And I can tell you just real quick, the thing that I took with me the most, I thought, oh, man, I'm going to remember all these guitars and stuff. No, the thing that stuck with me was B.B. King's original contract for the label and how much he was paid. Yeah, or how little, right? Yeah, yeah, dude. But you know what it's... mine is? The, the Bruce Springsteen's jeans. <laughs> Were they the jeans from the Born in the USA? Yes, they're the cover? jeans from the Borns in the U. But, but I was surprised. I was struck at how small they were because I have oh. this gigantic, otherworldly impression of the boss, right? He's the boss. He's bigger than life, but he's tiny. Like he's got these tiny little little jeans. I'm like, <laughs> he's kind of small. Like he's... Well, look, it's all in the upper body. He's got those big arms, right? Like. <laughs> Ah, yes. Sometime when we have that conversation, maybe we maybe we do an episode about it, but uh, that's where I met Levon Helm, and Levon Helm is my is my is is one of my idols. So, oh yeah, the band, um, man. The band. Week, I, I got to meet Levon Helm, uh, and it was it was one of the foundation watershed moments of my life, actually. So Oh man, that's so cool. That's so cool. Well, I believe it is time for the top three, sir definitely top three gotta have it and we have decided to get a little cinematic this week um or this episode because we're bi-weekly so whatever um but we're gonna do our top three soundtracks and in that we're gonna pick one we've picked one track from each soundtrack to kind of play for you to give you a sense of of the soundtrack or just one of our favorite tracks from the soundtrack more or less but um you know owen i think i'm gonna let you go first this time excellent because you went first on this one last time so. i did i did i'm trying to keep it fair man we're, I know, we're, I, I like we're it. brothers in arms in this <laughs> i like it. dire straits reference by the way no i i, I, I that did not go unnoticed <laughs> very 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 nice um this week i'm actually gonna go in order usually i hate to put things in order because i hate to classify them like last week it could have been any top three this week i think it's gonna be in order and i'm now i'm not saying that uh in the next hour like or tomorrow or the day after that there won't be a different top three but right now this is my top three (laughs) so top number three on my cuts from soundtrack list is from the life aquatic with steve zisu i don't know how uh if you if you if you're a fan of that uh, of that film it's one of my very favorite bill murray movies but on that sound i love bill murray yeah i mean it's hard to not like bill murray right <laughs> bill murray's just right. he's a hero he's he's an he's an american treasure let's be honest <laughs> right on but on that Sorry. soundtrack there are there's a there's cuts several cuts of David Bowie songs by this guy and he's French and I don't know how to pronounce his name. I think it's Sue, Sue George, I'm going to say. Um, and I think there's five or six different songs that are all David Bowie covers, but I'm going to start off with Starman, which I think is just a great, great track. So here we go with Starman. Exo Charlie, take three. 
machado pra quebrar o gelo Quero acordar o sonho agora mesmo All right, so that was Starman. One of the things I love about that track is it is wistful. And I've always loved the ocean, but I do like the ocean in the background as well. But I, and I can just imagine being on the deck of a boat listening to that song. I think it's really phenomenal. I think all of those Bowie tracks are great. It's a great movie. What do you think, Josh? Uh, okay, so um, I'll be on- honest with you. I'm not a fan of the... Uh the whimsical filmmaker that makes the life aquatic and some others like uh oh what's that one with owen wilson in it and it's a family oh, several yeah i can't i can't think of it but like pineapple express and no 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 i mean like the same filmmaker but owen wilson's in it gwyneth paltrow's in it right yeah no i know what you're thinking of uh yeah, yeah. i know what you're thinking of i can't i can't remember what it's called but yeah those movies drive me crazy now i'll say this i love that song though i love the portrayal of that song i like i'm like you i like the ocean in the back and it feels like whoever was putting together the soundtrack was like okay let's just record this guy who's just sitting out here by the ocean and 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 busking away so we can have it you know it does have a busking feeling to it i really like that you said that i that i think that's gonna reframe how i listen to it i really i dig that that's kind of a cool kind of a cool hit so the next track, in typical Owen fashion, is uh, as a gear change with no clutch, uh, because it really does crank up the rock quite a bit. And this is one of my all-time favorite movies. La Bamba uh, is one of my all-time favorite movies. And um, one of the reasons it is my favorite movie, one of my favorite movies, is it makes me cry every single time. I've, I've, and I've watched it 30 times at least. And I always cry. The part where the brother goes out and goes, Richard. Well, yeah. And even just before that, when he's out working on the car and he's listening to the radio and he hears that his brother died on the radio and he's in shock and he runs inside and his mom is crying. Just rips my heart out. And uh, the funeral scene, I mean, I will never, ever, ever think of Sleepwalk as anything but a super sad song because of that but this is not sleepwalk this is from uh when richie was just starting out in the movie uh this is uh, and it's uh, remember his uh, his uh, mom rented out a uh, a facility so he could have a concert uh where he could be the lead singer and so this is from that part this is uh Ooh my head by los lobos
So yeah, so that is Los Lobos with Ooh My Head from the uh, from the um, La Bamba soundtrack, and uh, I just it's just so reminiscent of early rock and roll, and I love it. I love every instrumental part of that song. I love the guitar riff. I love the drum roll. I love the bass line. There's a cool little groove. It's just a cool freaking song. And I will always think about that dance where he played that. It's just, it's, it's amazing. So it's a fantastic song, but I want to throw this out there. Los Lobos is a fantastic band. And if you have never gone down the rabbit hole that is Los Lobos, start with the soundtrack so you can hear just how good they are and then dive into what they've got that's that is theirs and they're just killer they're so good and uh even their version of la bamba for this is fantastic like they did richie so proud like oh, richie would have been so proud with all of this yeah. it's it's just really really great plus and yes the movie is fantastic too yeah, it's um, one of the best biopics I think that's I ever think, come out. Yeah, and he's sometimes I feel like he's the guy that people forget about in the in the in the big plane crash because you know you got Buddy Holly there and you got the big bopper, but holy smokes, and you have dry Chevy dry levies at the with with Chevy. Stop next it! To him and... You stop that! Stop it! American pies? No. Mm-hmm. Okay. No. 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 <laughs> You're going to ruin a perfectly good dessert because somebody died. I am. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Horrible. Yeah. That's horrible. <laughs> All right. So uh, anyways. My next, well, actually, because this is my number one. So because so, Josh and I said that we couldn't do <clears throat> score. And so that cut out Star Wars for me, right? Because Star Wars is a huge, huge part of my life. Dude, we could have picked anything that was John Williams. You could pick anything exactly. like the Superman March. You could have picked Indiana Jones. You could have picked anything because the man is fantastic, but it's the soundtrack, not score. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that also cut out Lord of the Rings for me, which is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I went with another movie that came out the same year as A New Hope. And uh, I went with a little track from uh, a movie you may have heard of uh, called Smokey and the Bandits. <laughs> um, the Bandit and Han Solo will always be two of my rogue heroes. In fact, I have a pop of the Bandit driving <laughs> the Trans Am, which... The Trans Am, that's one of my dream cars, is to have a Bandit Trans Am with a CB radio. In fact, I have a CB radio in my car because of Smokey and the Bandit. And I also have a sticker on the back of my Subaru that says Band 1, just like the license plate. Like, it's a huge, it's a huge player in my world, man. Um, and I have another story. So we were, Josh and I were looking at the stats for, for last, last uh, podcast, and we noticed that we had five listens from georgia and we were like do you know anybody from georgia no i don't know anybody from georgia. so josh was like well i, I think it well, who are your people michael stipe? said it was michael stipe and peter buck yeah, michael, okay <laughs> it's and so then i immediately my my mind immediately went to the duke boys i was like okay well so maybe it's bo and luke 
And then the third one would have to be uh, would have to be the bandit. So that's I hope Bo, I hope Bo and Luke is, I hope Bo and Luke have painted over their car at this point. Like <laughs> seriously, could have put some other flag on top. Please, <laughs> for the good of yeah, all mankind. Yeah, because the generally the generally has to has to has to be out has to be uh, a part of it because it's a character in the show. So yeah. anyway, my number one song is the great Eastbound and Down by none other than Jerry Reed. He's bound and down, loaded up and trucking. Are we gonna do what they say can be done? We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. I'm eastbound, just like no bandit run. Keep your foot hard on the pedal. Never mind them breaks Let it all hang out Cause we gotta run to pick The boys are thirsty in Atlanta And there's beer in Texarkana And we'll bring it back No matter what it takes He's pounding down Loaded up and trucking Are we gonna do what they say So that Needs no introduction But that is East Bound and Down By the great Jerry Lee Or Jerry Reed Who is snowman i mean let's be honest really that's who it is is snowman two of the coolest 70s icons there ever could be and i will tell you the soundtrack of that movie is amazing because they intersperse cb things all in it right so every now and then you know you'll have bandit checking in and how you know where are we oh we're 13 hours ahead of schedule and uh get a lot of cb talk you know so um and uh, yeah, it's just, it's phenomenal. So I will never, ever, ever be as cool as either of those guys, but gosh, I sure want to be. So that, <laughs> that's awesome. That's so awesome. Those are my, those are my, those are my top three. So I'm well, gonna... before, before we move on to me, um, I love that song. Like that song, is it, is it possible to be unhappy? and hear that song i don't, I don't think, think it so. is i, I don't really think, don't not in my experience my favorite line is keep your foot part on the pedal son never mind them brakes <laughs> <laughs> keep your foot yeah part. keep your foot part on the pedal josh i like jerry reed man he's good i like his stuff but um that's 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 a good top three Oh, Owen, totally. that's a killer. And, I mean, if you want to dig into Jerry, Jerry Reed, man, you got to listen to uh, She Got the Gold and I Got the Shaft. All right. <laughs> I will check that out for sure. For sure. All right. Well, let's let's come over Josh's way for the top three soundtracks here. And um, poor Owen, because I, I sent him the tracks for everything and the the number three of my top three is a soundtrack that is completely out of print and you can't find it anywhere. Now, like all kids my age back in the 80s, I was a fan of the Karate Kid, okay? Now, I'm not talking about the first soundtrack. I'm talking about the second one, Karate Kid Part 2. Now, if you look at the track listing for the Karate Kid Part 2, there are some interesting characters on here. Um, obviously, if you know anything about the Karate Kid Part Two, the big song that came out of that was the Peter Cetera, Peter Cetera, Glory of Love song, right? Big, big track. Everybody loved it. 
but you also had the Moody Blues on here. You had uh, Paul Rogers on here doing Rock Around the Clock, which is crazy. And it's a good version. You had Southside Johnny doing uh, Let Me Adam. And you had Dennis D. Young doing a song on here out of like free of sticks. Just I'm Dennis D. Young. I'm going to do a song. And it's cheesy. It's real cheesy. But the song that sticks out for me on this album uh, is actually uh, just a, this band that got together for one song and they were supposed to do an album. But the band is called Man Crab. Now, you've never heard of this band. There's no flipping way. Man Crab is an offshoot of the wonderful world of Tears for Fears. Now, you're like, okay, wait a minute. That doesn't make any sense. I, trust me, just stick with me for a moment. It will. The lead guitarist from Tears for Fears, his name was Roland Orzabal. Okay. Now, the keyboard player, I can't tell you his name, but the idea of the keyboard player from Tears for Fears was like, hey, we made this, this video called uh, Everybody Wants to Rule the World. And there are two dancers in that video. There's two black guys that are dancing in it. Okay. They took one of those guys, one of those dancers, and let him sing on this track. And it's the keyboardist track, and it's produced by Roland Orzabal from Tears for Fears. And I love it. It's a complete 80s song. Like, you'll listen to it, and you'll be like, wow, that is an 80s track. But the only place you can find that song is on the vinyl record of Karate Kid Part 2. I can't find a CD, a cassette, anywhere. So it was not easy to find. No, it really wasn't. So here and it is. Go ahead. Before before we play this track, Josh, even though you said you you, you didn't like the soundtrack of uh, Karate Kid One, I just want you to know. I didn't say I didn't like it. I just said it's oh. not the one that it, that I wasn't talking about. Okay. Well, I just wanted you to know that you're you're the best around. I am. Nothing is ever going to get you down. Nothing. nothing. Okay. So it's as, funny. As you were. It's funny because as you say that, there are tons of songs that would line up with that song on this one. But for better or worse, here's the one song from Man Crab that was ever made. This is called Fish for Life. say you there owen um man um <laughs> it doesn't move the needle for me at all josh i'm just gonna go ahead and say that um no it's fine it uh it reminds me of another 80s great uh fish heads oh okay all right 
I don't know why. It just the vocals sounded like like fish head. So. Yeah, yeah, and and I'll be like I said, it's it's my top three, and I wasn't yeah. trying to be inaccessible. These are just the songs that came to mind. Um, but to be more accessible, we'll move on to number two. <laughs> Um, number two is the Back to the Future soundtrack. Now, great songs on the Back to the Future soundtrack. You've got uh, two great tracks from Huey Lewis and the News. Obviously, Power of Love, big hit, uh, Back in Time, really great. There's an Eric Clapton song on there that has uh, Phil Collins on the drums called Heaven's One Step Away. But I'm telling you right now, the star of this soundtrack is none of the people that I've just mentioned. The star of this soundtrack is actually Lindsey Buckingham, AKA Marty McFly. Um, in, uh, because he's the guy who's playing uh, Johnny B. Good in the, in the film. When Marty McFly plays Johnny B. Good, that's him. Now, the other thing is he has a track that is actually titled as By Lindsey Buckingham on the soundtrack and it plays on uh, Marty's alarm clock as it goes off in the middle of the night or as the as he gets a phone call from Dr. Emmett Brown this is the song that's playing you can just barely hear it but I've always thought it was a cool track and this is a this is called Time Bomb Town by Lindsey Buckingham Buckingham, Owen, what'd you what'd you think of that one? Did we move the needle at all this time? You know what I really liked about that is um, the little the guitar riff that you can barely hear that goes yeah that I thought was really really cool. Um, I love him. I love Lindsey Buckingham as a songwriter. Sometimes his delivery is a little extra uh and i think that his delivery in this track is a little extra but uh just the the songwriting and how he arranges everything it, it makes up for it it more than makes up for it in my opinion well when i don't know if this would reframe it for you i doubt you're going to seek this song out again but if you did i would say try to think of it as an homage to like 50s rock elvis like birth of elvis that type of stuff with an 80s twist um because that's what i pick up from it when i hear it because he, he's got that almost elvisy thing going on with his voice yeah the uh -oh, uh -oh, uh -oh yeah going on right and then even that riff that i was talking about it's a very early rock and roll rockabilly sort of uh, feel to it absolutely yeah 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 
So um, anyways, okay, that brings us to number one for me. Um, and I have chosen the Batman Forever soundtrack. And there will be people going, are you nuts? I will say to you, no, I am not. Because when that soundtrack came out, there were two tracks off of it that made me want to buy it. Number one was Seal Kiss from a Rose. Number two was... You two told me, throw me, kiss me, kill me. Now, I'm not playing you either of those tracks because if you want to hear those tracks, you can find them and hear them. They're everywhere. You can go get listen to those. Um, there were other great like songs on this. There was uh, Brandy uh, has a song on there called Where Are You Now? And it's produced by uh, Lenny Kravitz back when her and Lenny Kravitz were working together and making some really cool, funky tracks. Um, there's, uh, trying to think who else. Oh, Michael Hutchins covers The Passenger on here, which is a fantastic cover. So if you ever want to check that out, that's really great. And then um, The Offspring, of all people, even though I'm not a huge Offspring fan, they do a fantastic cover of Smash It Up. So if you ever want to check that out, it's, it's, it's really, really good. But the thing that I take away from this soundtrack the most comes from a lady uh, who lives in Ireland, and her name is PJ Harvey. And she does, I, I am not, I'm, I'm not a self, I'm not a big PJ Harvey fan. She, she, for me, exists in a time and place and space, and it is on the soundtrack. And it is this one song that is not special for this album. This was actually on an album of hers. This is called One Time Too Many. And it just got plucked from that album and put on the soundtrack. Now, this song, is, I love this song so much. And if you were to ask me, is this a life soundtrack song? I'd be like, yeah, for sure. There's something so carnal and visceral about this track and it's under three minutes long but she rocks harder than some bands i've heard just by herself and it, it's so good and i was in a band if you're shameless plug if you ever want to go and look there's a band that i was in called the confounded we did one ep and then we did the second ep and for the second ep i was like this is the song that I want to be able to at least get to that level. So this was a song I tried to chase and man, it was a good chase. And this is a great song. And uh, even if you don't like PJ Harvey, you have to admit this song rocks. So off of the Batman Forever soundtrack, this is One Time Too Many by PJ Honestly, that's just a portion of that song. There's like a whole nother section of it. And, but she does so much in such a short period of time. And she just sings it with such attitude. Like when I hear it, I can feel it. Like 
she's angry and I love it. It's just so good. It's so good. And I know it's not like a big hit. It's not like a power of love. It's not a, it's not, you know, an East and down, but this, that, that song is just so cool. And it just sounds so good. And it, it, in my opinion, uh, an insane attitude of a song can sell it just as well as a, as a, as a big hit. Oh, I, I think it's really great. And if you are going to listen to it, audience, put some headphones on because it sounds so phenomenal in the cans. You can really hear the track separations and the guitar parts that are really different. That takes it up a notch. It's really good. I love, I love dirty. I love raw. And that's what that track is for me. It's a really great song. I, I love the organs. Uh, they're, they're all like, they're so important in that. And it's just like the rhythm guitar that you didn't know you needed. You know, <laughs> like, it's just a great track. And if you get to the end of the track, um, it, it's just her and these kind of carnal yells at the end it's just really cool man it's it's so cool but that was a great top three i really enjoyed our soundtrack top threes man oh man yeah that was great hey i'm gonna throw this out there if you're listening and you have an idea for a top three that you want us to do let us know send us uh, a twitter because we got a twitter account now we do have a twitter account now very cool it's uh it's it's what is it i told you what it was it's It's all lowercase at the rock no excuse me at the record room p1 yeah like like the ticket reference yeah p1s of uh, the record room yeah that's right right yeah definitely drop us some uh top threes that would be really cool or if you just have something you want to tell us send us your opinions we're interested in that we'd love to hear from you um you know tell us what your top five uh Rock, rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees were going to be, or people you think are being snubbed. Absolutely, and I'm going to po- I'm going to get around to posting playlists because we have we've had to make playlists for the show, and I'm just going to post those on there as well. So it's we just hadn't gotten there yet. So yeah, I spent we're just all starting yesterday working on the web page. So. Oh, whoa, web page! Yikes, scary. All right. Well, it's uh, this has been another edition of The Record Room. I'm Josh. And I'm Owen. We'll see you guys when y'all come back. Take it easy. Stay safe. Later. Take it easy, guys. Tell me that you kiss me. Tell me that you kiss me and you do it real slow. Tell me that you kiss me and you do it real slow.